Hello, and welcome to Man vs. Business. My name is Les Janes, and I am here with my co-host, Sean McMenamin. In this series of podcasts, Sean and I are going to be talking about business topics and adventures, that work-life balance that everybody needs. So sit back and enjoy the show. Hey, Sean, how's it going? Good, Les. How are you doing today? I am doing fine. Going to have a uh, another one of our uh, <coughs> famous podcast sessions. Famous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so oh uh, letting people know that uh, uh, we're hopefully going to get a website up and running for Sigma Tree and uh, going to start uh, seeing if we can't set it up where we put some blogs out there and start getting feedback from our many, many listeners that we yeah. have out there. I would like that because I, I think that that's one area that I think is missing. We, we talk, you know, for a little while here and then we say things and it'd be interesting to find out what, what people think about what we say and, and either challenge us to go, you know, find something else to say or challenge what we're saying and have a good discussion. Um, yeah. Because yeah, we can always learn, right? We can always learn. Well, hopefully in a positive way. We don't uh, yeah, need yeah. anybody uh you know any what do you call them jack wagons or jack yeah, something yeah jack, jack <laughs> wagons yeah anyway <laughs> keyboard warriors so, one of those yeah, there you go so uh as y'all know we've we've kind of changed things up a little bit we are um kind of drilling down a little deeper into the uh quality arena taking it from that i would say that 50,000 foot view down to let's say the 10,000 foot view on some of these topics and stuff that uh uh, we know are are important to people. And today we thought we'd talk about uh, uh, the classification of quality frameworks or quality methodologies, uh, I guess you could call it. And so uh, we thought we would uh, step through that. So I think what we what we mean by frameworks or methodologies, one of the the more famous ones, which is um, was uh, I think brought around by Schohort, I think his name is. Um, and then really kind of uh, brought to light by uh, Deming. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually used it. So plan, do, check, act. You know, I think a lot of people in our arena have heard of, you know, the plan, do, check, act, uh, going in and, uh, you know, actually planning a process, performing it, making sure it works, and then, you know, act on what your findings are and circle back around. Yeah. So going through that wheel. Right. And, and I mean, that, that wheel, yeah, you can, you can have it so broad that, you know, between the beginning and the end, you have, you know, plan, do, check, act, but then there's other frameworks like we're talking about here mm-hmm. that effectively, that effectively either break, you got, break it up into more detailed uh, sections or basically renamed in order to try to drive a specific outcome in specific areas. Right. So if you think of like DMAIC, uh, the define, measure, and analyze, that's all within the plan framework of plan, do, check, and act. The improve is within the do, and then the control is within the check and act. So, you know, if you think of another one that's used quite a bit, which would be the 8D. So the 8D is used in, in automotive. It's really broken down into, like it says, eight different uh, uh, areas, you know, where you're creating the t- team, describing the problem, defining the containment actions, analyzing the root cause, defining possible corrective actions, that's all in that plan phase. And so I think our point to that is, is that 
a lot of these frameworks and programs, you really need to choose what works best for your environment, for your culture, what makes sense for your group, and uh, not necessarily worry about whether it's the flavor, whether it meets, you know, some other requirement, but really focus on what works works for your group internally and how uh, granular you feel you want your framework to be. That's really what what this boils down to. Um, you know, people have kind of developed these frameworks for a lot of different reasons. And so I think that, um, you know, you'll find that when you dive into it, uh, some will make more sense and some won't uh, for your environment. So take a look at what you're doing and kind of pick the one that, that works best for you. You know, one of the things that Sean and I decided we would do is kind of step through some some old ones and some new ones that are kind of uh, coming about and kind of talk about them a little bit. Um, you know, hey, the first one, one thing, that, one thing, like I mean, an overarching, an overarching summary of kind of that little couple minutes of discussion there is, is, uh-huh. you know, based on the plan, do check act. If, if you look at the number of, of steps in any other process, the majority of yeah. steps are in the plan section. So even they though plan, are. do, check, act are four items, they're not they're not equally weighted. The 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 plan the plan act is about fifty percent of the process evaluation. You know, and that doesn't that go back to what we've always been told that planning is the most important part of any project that you take on, and isn't it the one that is usually <laughs> not emphasized or not yes. performed enough? Right. Uh, we we want to get right to the meat and potatoes, right? So we we bypass the charter, we bypass uh, you know the scope work, we bypass a lot of these things and jump straight to let's let's get something in place because we're in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And where does that usually get you? Yeah, with rework. I tell you, it gets yeah. you, and and I guess in my mind the analogy or the the example I'm thinking of, and maybe it's. It's apropos to you and your project here with your your pull behind teardrop trailer you're building yourself. Oh yeah. What, what, what did what did your father and anybody that taught you how to do any kind of woodwork tell you? Measure yeah. twice. Measure once. Quite, measure twice. Once. Measure measure twice. Cut once. Cut once. Yes. Is that isn't that what I said? No, you me- you said measure once. <laughs> I was like, wow. You- <laughs> Maybe if you got a lot. No, of you're money. right. Me- Measure twice, cut once. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I would, I, there are times when dad and I need to measure three times. <laughs> no kidding. And then here, not, yeah. to, not, not to get too flippant, but then do you cut on the inside of the line or the outside of the line? <laughs> <laughs> We've had those plenty of those discussions. Hey, which side of the line am I supposed to cut on? You exactly. know, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, right. so the first, uh, the first methodology I thought we would touch on is, is, is lean itself. So lean, lean, of course, was made, uh, you know, famous by uh, Jim James Womack. You know, the the entitled the book "The Machine That Changed the World." So, you know, uh, lean lean's been around for a while. It's just been pulled together by you know what they wrote and and, and then how the Toyota production system kind of of uh, took that and and ran with it in their environment. Of course, um, Toyota is the most famous uh, of the users of the lean concepts. Um, but uh, you know, lean is really about waste. And so, yeah, so going back to my comment earlier, if your environment needs to be addressing waste first, then then start there. You know, maybe that's the framework. 
you know, the other thing, you know, to bring up around that is maybe you don't necessarily have to have just one framework and that's all you use, you know, try to uh, use the, you know, the frameworks or the tools that make sense for the problems you're trying to solve, you know? So back back to our early, our earlier discussion on, on planning. So just don't look at one, at one framework and say, Hey, I'm going to go down that path. Make sure that you plan far enough in advance that you can understand these 10 different frameworks, understanding what parts of each framework might be good for you so that you can go down a path with some confidence that you would be able to stick to it because you would hate to, to drive down a path that you find out really doesn't support your culture or your leadership, um, you know, later, right. you know as, you, as you get started, because then, then you lose faith from the people that, that you're leading in this process improvement or continuous improvement exercise. Right. And now the, the next one is Six Sigma. It kind of came about with Motorola and GE and the premise behind Six Sigma mainly is you're trying to reduce variation. You know, you're trying to reduce variation in your process. Uh, you're trying to either slide the mean to the left, which makes it quicker, or you're trying to tighten it up to where you're getting to perfection. So, you know, Six Sigma with its title likes to talk about the 3.4 million defects Uh, let's see 3.4 defects per million Mm -hmm. that you're trying to you know achieve in any given process or error uh, removal or things like that so six sigma was kind of the next one that we've talked about and it's the one that uses the the demand process so the define measure analyze improve and control uh, is the framework that most readily goes with the the six sigma process right and and using six sigma People think there's a lot of math involved, but I think you summarized it right by saying it removes variation. And and one area that I like to talk about to people or with people when we're discussing this is it's not necessarily, you know, how many of the parts are bad per million. It's it's the variation, not only in the parts, but even in, in passing paperwork. If you think of it right. in, the, in the, you know, lowest common denominator of terms, if you've got to pass a piece of paper to somebody, but you pass it to them at different angles every single time and they have to adjust to grab the piece of paper or the piece of wood or the, or the part, you know, and they don't know which way you're going to hand it to them, then there's, then there's a, a variation in the way they have to receive it and then adjust. So, so right. reducing variation isn't just in, in a, a defect count. It's in, you know, basically the handoff between one organization or one group in an organization and the next and the next. You know, the uh, uh, the next one I'm going to jump to, and I'm going to jump down to our number 10, because this is an example of what happens when the industry starts to understand that only one framework is all you need. So the industry has already taken Lean and Six Sigma and put it together and said, you know what, uh, uh, an organization kind of needs both. They kind of need to work on on, on waste removal, and they need to work on uh, dealing with variation in their processes. Now, my personal approach uh, in this is that when I go into an environment, I usually start with lean concepts first because, one, they're easier. You know, people can grab hold of, of what the concepts of waste, you know, 
you know, we've got, you know, set, seven identifying waste factors, you know, uh, things like walking or, or inventory or, you know, move, moving of parts, you know, things like that. So th those are easier concepts to kind of uh, get down. The tools to fix them are usually a little bit easier in lean. So I have a tendency to start with lean and move towards Six Sigma as the organization matures. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the organization has already taken these two. In fact, there's certifications around lean Six Sigma now. Mm -hmm. It's not just certifications just for lean or just for Six Sigma. There's a certification for both now. So well, that's what I, I went and yeah. got. Yeah, my green belt in lean Six Sigma, not lean or right. Six Sigma, lean Six Sigma. Now, it's only green. I'm yeah. not going to be black. I won't. I won't get the black belt. What I do, what I do, isn't uh, that tight. That's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. So, so I, th that's a fine example of the industry kind of growing and realizing that uh, you know, hey, uh, you, you know, you don't just need to be stuck on one. You can mm -hmm. kind of, you can kind of go with both. The next one we had on our list is kind of a is is one that's kind of been around for quite some time. Um, Walter Schuhort was the person I was trying to think of earlier. Uh, he's the one that kind of first started Plan to Check Act, but that is the total quality management. Uh, so, you know, total quality management was kind of pulled together back in the, in the 30s to begin with, and it kind of follows eight primary elements uh, where it kind of stays customer-focused, you know, uh, total employee involvement, which I think is very important, uh, process centered, uh, you know, uh, pretty obvious that you want to be process centered, uh, integrated systems. So very cross-functional in nature, uh, strategic and, and systematic approach, uh, continual improvement, fact-based decision-making and communication. That sounds a lot like the points that are also built into ISO. You know, those are the same points that are built into ISO. And if you read a lot of dimmings, documentation those same points are also built into his uh documentation and, and some of the things that he wrote so tqm is probably one of the more foundational methodologies that's been around for a long time and everybody is is using kind of a a uh, offshoot of really this foundation so if they think they've invented something new, they really haven't. <laughs> usually they've kind of, they've usually kind of split it up and reworded something, you know, so. Which, which is a lot of, of what organizations are trying to do and, and consultants are trying to do too, is basically take, you know, the history of what has been done, um, looking at what needs to be done at different organizations and just, you know, applying the tools that, that we all know, you're really not creating new tools, but just, you know, machining it into, into what fits, you know, for a certain, maybe for a certain industry or a certain, you know, culture in an organization. It, it's, it's very similar to, um, you know, balanced scorecard when you're talking about, you know, financial metrics mm -hmm. or, or, or right. metrics in an organ, metrics in an organization to um, understand, you know, how well you're doing or where you need to improve there. I mean, when you talk about customer centered, you'll see a lot of these that are customer centered, of course, because that's how you that's how you get paid is you have to sell things to a customer. Right. You need employees. Right. You need employees. So you need to make sure your employees are uh, trained. Um, you got to make sure the processes are good. So those trained employees can work within a process. And then you need financial metrics, which are which is basically the report card. Right. 
So this, uh, this next methodology, like I mentioned above, uh, ISO, if you read through it, it's definitely got the same wording that the TQM has in it. So customer focused, that was in the TQM. Leadership, leadership engagement wasn't necessarily mentioned in the first, in the first one, but engagement of people, uh, process approach, same scenario, um, improvement, you know, empowering your people, evidence-based decision-making, and then relationship management. Uh, you know, relationship management is another one that's uh, kind of thrown in there a lot of times, you know, as far as kind of trying to create the relationship with suppliers and customers so that you have partners uh, as opposed to just a supplier and a customer, you know. I think that that's uh, one of those things that um, is challenging for a lot of companies to do. That one is. So. Definitely build, build relationships um, and, and understand what needs to be done to to build a relationship. A lot of purchasing organizations just try to drive the cost as low as possible, and they think that they're doing well. You know, actually, if I if I keep going back to the balance scorecard, they think they're doing well for the financial objectives, but they're not doing well for you know the process and the and the customer ultimately. Right. Number five is the theory of constraints. So this was made famous by uh, Eli Golrat, uh, 1984 book entitled The Goal. Uh, anybody in business has probably read The Goal. Uh, it's kind of a story-based uh, book that kind of walks you through the process of theory of constraints. But uh, uh, theory of constraints, just like it describes, you're literally trying to break open the bottlenecks with theory of constraints. That's in a nutshell, that is what, what you're trying to do. So you're trying to identify those bottlenecks and then move them on down the line. This one, I don't necessarily think of as a framework per se. Uh, it, it feels to me more of a concept, but you know, it, it was, it was in the list though. So, you know, we, we decided to, to touch on it. Any thoughts you want to add to that one? No, I actually, that's kind of one that I, that I do like because it brings into play a lot more troubleshooting. And root cause analysis, uh -huh. you know, so, sure. so if you can, if you can measure and find where the bottlenecks are, then you can figure out where and how to troubleshoot those bottlenecks. Knowing though, that there are even bigger constraints on if, if you completely release the, a bottleneck, well, it might not make a difference if you could produce, you know, a million units, if you know, you're only going to sell 200,000 units. So even though something might be a bottleneck completely opening it, might just show you where the next bottleneck is and, and maybe the next bottleneck is in sales, you know, something you, right. you know, outside of whatever the physical process is of moving your product through the supply chain, you know, the, the, the sales yeah. part of it of the, of the supply chain uh, might be the, might be the constraint or even maybe your supplier. If you opened up your process, but your supplier can't feed you with enough, well, then there's the bottleneck and you, you go chasing the answer to that question. Right. So it does, it does move you in a methodical way, you know, through your processes. Um, you know, it doesn't really have much framework to it, uh, but it is a concept that I think is very important. Uh, numbers six, seven, and nine kind of actually go together. So, so number six is all about agile. So agile came about uh, because of software. So software was taking too long to develop, get into play. By the time they actually finished it, uh, it was already outdated because it took so long. So they invented what's called sprints. Uh, so where they actually have a very clear, defined deliverable of working code that's not necessarily finished code. So they run through these sprints and, and they actually do a plan, build, test, 
and review multiple, 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 multiple times, probably weeks, not months or years. You know, they, they do it, they do it pretty quick. So that's the, the concept with, with agile. And like I said, it came about in the software industry, you know, so there's a lot of people that are, the reason I'm kind of lumping number seven and nine with it, because a lot of people have tried to take this uh, concept of, of agile, uh, which has the, the sub tools of things like scrum inside of them uh, to kind of help uh, give that framework uh, to the agile process. Uh, but you've got your, your lean uh, startup, which which kind of uses the the agile process, and then you've got the um, uh, number nine. It's kind of a combination of that lean and agile, and they call it legile, which <laughs> I, I hate the name. Yeah, me too. Yeah, the the name's a little 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 strange, but they're they're literally trying to combine the concepts of those quick improvements that uh, agile is looking for using kind of that uh, Kanban framework uh, to where you're actually trying to get quick wins uh, in, in the process and not necessarily seeking perfection. You know, you're wanting to get to the point of something working and then do it again and get it closer, do it again and get it closer. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I see your eyes kind of you, rolling, you rolling see, backwards a little bit. Yeah, that, that's true. I guess <laughs> Which that's is why true. we like to look at each other. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I kind of, I, I, I'm not against the idea. It's just that, it's just that, do you lose, do you lose people when you get something that is, is, is almost good enough, but not, not to the goal? I guess your culture has to be um, framed or, or, or built in a certain way that, that everybody understands that this is what we do. I, you know, right. I guess, when I think of it, and I, I do, I do like, you know, a lot of analogies, you know, if you're raking the leaves on the lawn, do you rake one column all the way across your lawn? Or do you, do you, do you rake, do you rake, you know, six feet, you know, across the length of the lawn and then go across the width? You know what I mean? It, it all depends on how you do it, how you scoop, how you scoop the, the, the work that needs to be done. So if I you go in better, big circles. Oh my gosh. See, there you go. Circle all the way around. <laughs> It's like uh, crop crop circles. Oh my god! Yeah, I figures you would be crop that way circles. I don't, that that way that way I don't have to move as much. I stand in one place and do a big circle with a pile. Then my wife picks up that pile and I move on to the next circle. <laughs> Sorry, I brought up that analogy. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But, yeah. So I, I read an article years ago, and I know I know uh, Apple is one of the examples we have here of uh, you know highly performing organizations and, 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 right. uh, you know, good quality process. But I, I did read a, read an article, the difference between Microsoft and, and Apple. Um, Apple was the company that took a long time to develop a product in, in the old days when that, when Apple first came out with their products, the Macintosh and, and even the, um, what was that first, uh, the shuttle and the iPod, for music, I mean, oh, you almost forget the, the shuffle. That's right, the shuffle. So yeah, I, almost, I almost forget those old products that they, they took a long yeah. time to develop and come out. And then they came out and they were perfect. They were designed nice and they worked really well. Where the the other um, idea in business was Microsoft that fired out a product, had bugs. Mm -hmm. They were good at fixing the bugs though. That was the whole point of this article yeah. is that, is it better to get a product to market 
and then fix the bugs, but, but make sure you jump on them and fix them fast. Or is it better right. to take 18 months to develop and release a new product? So, so, and so what you've described there is culture. Yes. What is the organization's culture? Right. Yeah. 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 And, and then, and then, and then you have to go down to what are the customer's culture then? Because you have Apple people that are just, you know, Apple culture, that's all they'll do. And then you'll have other people that are Microsoft because I don't know whether I can use the term seems easier, you know, more versatility, whatever it is, but you know, you, you build your own customer base based on the culture, I guess, that you provide to the market. Yeah. So the last one I was going to bring up, and this one's a little out there, the growth hacking. You know, this one is, uh, you know, a very new concept. It uh, came from a book in uh, 2017 titled uh, Hacking Growth. And you're basically um, trying to set very clear, defined targets and get to them very quickly. So, you, you, know, you, you know, you've got the targets of engineering, social media, uh, social metrics, you know, analytics, R&D, creativity, you know, and you're trying to uh, break through on those items very fast. I don't necessarily, again, this is another one I don't necessarily think of as a framework, and it, it seems, it feels a little uh, uh, wishy-washy to me, but I don't know. Yeah, that's, you, you didn't comment, but I'm sure you saw my eyes roll again. These these seem hokey. Yeah. Some of these, some of these seem hokey. They do. And the, reason, the reason that I say that this one's hokey, at least in my mind, the way I understand this concept of, of growth hacking. It's kind of like throwing darts or, or getting lucky. Yeah. There goes, there goes the air quotes, getting lucky, just do a whole bunch of stuff. And then whatever, whatever sticks really fast, really fast. And then whatever, whatever sticks. All right. Or whatever works. Hey, good. You stumbled upon it. It's kind of like the plan sec the plan part of plan to check act is the minimalist, you know, don't plan anything. Yes. Just scatter shoot. You know, so I want I want to make a I want to make a very sarcastic comment here, but I might get in trouble. So I'm trying to decide. Yeah, probably better not. We, we, we want to kick this thing <laughs> off on our website and everything. So don't say it. Yeah. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So anyway, I, yeah, so I'm, not, did, I'm not crazy about this one. Yeah, me neither. You know, so uh, the other thing I was going to touch on is, is in my write up, I did have kind of a, you know, a selecting approach. So I get this question a lot. Well, you know, you've got all these approaches, these frameworks. How do you go about selecting uh, what what makes sense? And like I said, I don't think it should necessarily be one tool, but I do have a matrix here that kind of shows on the bottom the X. It has a uh, scope of the problem. Is it narrow or is it broad? So do you have a problem that is, is pretty well defined and narrow or is it very large and broad? And then on the on the y-axis, I have the complexity of the problem or, or risk. You know, how risky is it? Is it low or is it high? So in one corner, you talked about the lean concepts, which which focuses on on Kaizen. So low and narrow, use the Kaizen as your tool. If you've got something that's narrow, but it's got a lot of risk to it, uh, probably use the plan, do, check, act. Uh, if you've got something that's very broad, uh, very big, and has low or high um, uh, complexity to it and risk to it, then that's where you get into lean, which would be on the lower side. And then of course, Demaic with all of its statistical tools on the high side. So that's kind of a, uh, a helpful roadmap. Um, a lot of these tools overlap each other. Don't think of this as being just purely those segments, but uh, it is at least a good way to kind of pinpoint. Or some companies will just say, look, we're just going to follow the domain process and that is it. 
you know, if that works for you, then so be it. I, I think you're losing out on some quick wins by doing that because, you know, there's obviously things that don't need the full, because, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because I've heard uh, people say, nope, all we're going to use is domain for any of our problems. Well, you've got some quick wins out there you could take advantage of and not invest a whole lot of time to get the, get the advantage out of it. You know? So I'll go back to it. It's all about, it's all about planning. I like, I like this tool because this, this tool, um, this four box matrix that, that you've shown here is um, it, it allows for discussion among the, the management team or whoever is involved in, in driving the process improvement, you know, because first of all, you would have to come to an agreement as to, you know, the scope, the scope of the problem is the scope big or small. Right. So, I mean, I think that yeah. would take, that would take some time in discussing what is the risks That's associated right. with the problem. So, just just figuring out where you are on your xy axis would be would be a great start to communicating where everybody first of all understands the position they're in and and two kind of come to some kind of consensus as to where to go from the position that you're in and based on and based on this little table here you know you would you would at least have a good start like you said you could get quick wins but then again you could also make sure that you understand the area of this four box matrix, you, you would, you would have to understand what to do in that box. You know, don't, when you said, oh, people just say, Hey, let's just do the domain process. Okay. So the people that are saying that, do they really understand what it takes to do it? Do they really understand how to get the buy-in from everybody Correct. that's supposed to support it? Yeah. I mean, if, if you do and your culture and your organization is that strong, then yeah, by all means, you know, hit it. Go for it. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's where you have to understand the complexity of, of the task you're about to undertake as well. Right. I agree. I, I think, I think just knowing what's out there and what you can and, 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 and should do from a company standpoint, from a culture standpoint, you know, I think is important. You know, the last part of my uh, article here, and, and we're not going to go through uh, each one of these, uh, but they will be posted when I get the, the blog, you know, up and running. Uh, I did list out uh, 10 organizations um, that, uh, you know, how they've used and, and wrote up, you know, how they use each of these different areas. And, of course, you can imagine the list includes the, the big boys uh, of, of, you know, quality and change and, and are shaking things up. You've got, um, of course, Toyota's on there. Uh, but you've got companies like Amazon, Google, um, Merck is on there, Tesla, of course. And what he's doing, Apple is on there. Uh, Fastcap and Disney uh, are all on there. Uh, but the point of the article was is just kind of how their culture, like we've been talking about all along, how their culture is kind of uh, taking on change within their environment and how they how they do it. And I think that that's where a leader of an organization should look inward and outward and say, what works best for us? You know, obviously, what works best for Disney does not work best for Google, you know, or, you know, what works for Amazon doesn't work for Toyota, you know, or vice versa, you know, mm -hmm. so just understanding what you're trying to do. And, and like I said, we're listing out some pretty large companies here, but uh, it, it falls true for no matter what size you are. So absolutely. And, and what also, what also stands true is that continuous improvement, process improvement, overall overall heartbeat of the organization through a quality framework is needed for all organizations. It doesn't matter what you build, what you sell, 
you should have that as the as the the uh, pulse of your organization to make sure that you're always doing better, getting rid of waste, not not only to to cut costs necessarily, but to cut waste of time. Give and you know if you if you can if you can have the same number of people and you can provide some free time or or paid time for them to even go off and think because you've created an efficiency in your workforce, then you're doing a better job for not only your employees, but the organization and then of course the end user customers. Yeah, I think that's a uh, excellent summary. Uh, why don't we uh, go ahead and wrap it up right here. Like we said, we're uh, getting our website up and running and, and getting uh, these posted as blogs. Uh, so you'll be able to uh, also read these and uh, hopefully make some uh, comments. To, we we want to get to the point where we actually hear uh, some of the comments from our our listeners out there. We have quite a few of them now, so um, it would be uh, it would be very interesting to see what what you all have to say. Anything else you want to add to this topic, Sean? Before we yeah. go, no, I think uh, it's a great topic, and and I've got a lot of energy, and I know you've got a lot of energy around this topic because it it does cross multiple organizations, mm-hmm. businesses, industries. So it's, yep. it's a common language among anybody that's that's in the working world. Yep, I would agree. Well, Sean, we will chat with you later and uh, we'll uh, get this one posted. Thanks, Les. Have a great afternoon. Yep, you too. Take care. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Sean and I will be back again to discuss another exciting business topic, and work-life adventure. Take care.